All right, hey, welcome back to another episode of Righteous Ruckus. Glad you could uh, join me. I'm your host, Riley Lowe. And today, what I want to talk to you about is what happens when you speak up, all right, and the need to speak up. It's uh, This is very timely, being as June, as we all know, as uh, the, the world likes to try to, every company and all everywhere you look in the month of June, They've taken what used to be the month that everybody celebrated as kind of uh, the weddings, right? Everybody had June weddings, and they've kind of, it's kind of, I don't know, been taken hostage or whatever, and and now it's um, more of a celebration of sexual deviancy. So let's, uh, I want to talk about that and talk about, you know, I always, seems like, seems like I always rely on my own experience, but that's the experience that I've got. That's all I know. Um, so I'm going to tell you kind of what happened, uh, a story about me. So let's get into that. It's time to get off the church benches and into the trenches. Let's make a righteous ruckus. All right. So I want to give you kind of an example of something, experience that happened to me, you know, a couple of years ago, and it actually led to major life changes. And what I wish I would have done different, and then also um, kind of some learning of that, and then also some encouragement and uh, some some biblical uh, text to back everything up. Uh, so right now, this is I'm actually recording this on June second, and I apologize I'm not polished today. I'm not I'm not really even really prepped. It's just something that's been laid on my heart recently. Uh, recently, just. I mean, very recently and something that just kind of come to my mind. I'm like, okay, all these things are coming together. God's obviously trying to point me in a direction. So I'm just going to run with it. So here we go. So, um, you know, I, years ago, what, 10 years ago, uh, you know, I had that wreck. I got hit by a drunk driver, should have died by the grace of God. I didn't a lot of experience in that. Maybe someday I'll go into a little bit more in depth on that. But today I want to talk about there towards the end of my uh, oil refining career. I actually, um, I spoke up against the uh, the sexual deviant culture, and um, I'll tell you kind of what happened. So I was a supervisor at a you know at at a big oil refinery in uh, in Oklahoma, and I'd been at that refinery for twenty years. Right, that was my lifelong career. It really was, and I had uh, you know you know we've seen culture shifts and everything happen over the years just as a culture and whole the United States worldwide, everything with, uh, with the, uh, LGBT, whatever it is, uh, plus stuff really getting more and more in your face and more and more shoved down your throat basically. And I'd kind of had enough of it. You know, everybody's got to decide where their line in the sand is and mine kind of got crossed. I was a supervisor, like I said, and, um, you know, I, I, I can work with anybody, you know, but the, the same, the same company that gives us training saying you sh- don't be talking about sexual escapades at work and don't be talking about your sexual lifestyle at work because that sexual harassment is the same company that said, we're going to start a pride group. What is that? It's, it's celebrating somebody's sexual behaviors, right? That's all that is. And so it's kind of a, you know, kind of, I mean, typical of most companies kind of talking about both sides of their mouths, right? With their values and everything. But in any event, so they put out this email saying, uh, we're starting up this pride group. And um, if 
you'd like to know more about it, you know, you can sign up at this internal website and uh and we'll go from there give you more information and get you signed up on stuff and but we're also going to continue to uh you know give you more information and release things and give you up, be updated on things and my my all i did was re- i replied to that email right come from this some hr liaison person right whatever they are a pr yeah public relations person is what they were and they said uh, and i said i said hey uh i I just kindly ask that you, you know, remove my name from the email list, you know, to keep me out of the loop on future communications. Uh, thank you very much, Riley Lowe. And boy, did that set off a firestorm. I had no idea I was kicking a hornet's nest. I thought there might be some sort of pushback or some sort of questioning, but it didn't really, it wasn't even really questioning. It was just automatically, um, I never received a reply to that email, by the way. Never received a reply. And then it was about a week later, um, after I just sent the email off, I was like, well, who knows? Maybe it just went in their junk mail or whatever. Um, I get called into the office by my boss. And and my boss says, uh, Riley, I, I'm, I guess I'm supposed to talk to you about this email you sent. And I said, I send probably, you know, over 100 emails a week. You're going to have to be more specific. And my boss says, well, um, it, it was regarding the Pride 66 group. I said, oh, do you have a reply for me? And my boss says, well, no, um, that person let the head of HR and the refinery management know about it. And then uh, the refinery management and HR came to me, your boss, and said, hey, we need to go. We need to talk to Riley because we question his ability to supervise saying so saying please uh take me off the email list you know it's stuff i don't want to see stuff i don't really care about so now we question his ability to supervise because of that one act right i went against the culture instead of going downstream with the rest of the fish i turned around and said ah hold on a minute and they said that one's got to go um now i mean not necessarily said that but they said okay we're we got to do something about this. We got to we got to shut it down and shut him up. Okay, maybe I'll call this episode "Deafening Silence" because that's what that's what we experience in most of the culture today. But uh, so I said, "Well, what's what's why do they question my ability to supervise?" I said, "Have you ever had a problem with me supervising?" And my boss says, "No, actually, I told them that out of all my supervisors, you would be the least one I would be worried about being an issue." And I said, well, I appreciate that, but why are they questioning my ability to supervise whenever I have, there's no evidence anywhere that I lack the ability to supervise. As a matter of fact, there's the exact opposite. There's evidence to the contrary that I was actually a very good supervisor. Um, So so what's the deal? She's like, well, I don't know. I'm not sure what the deal is. And I said, well, I would love to meet with somebody and let's discuss this. You know, if there's concerns, let's talk about it. You know, I mean, I think that's the way to solve most problems when it comes to this, you know, somebody's got one perception, somebody's got another perception. Let's get together. Let's talk about it. We can usually come to some sort of agreement instead of saying this guy's got to shut up. Right. So anyway, I request. So, so then a month goes by and we I have a meeting uh, with my boss again. Just, I did. I had a meeting every month with my boss. So that kind of threw me off when, when my boss was like, Hey, we got to talk about this email. But then, so the following month, I said, 
Um, we talk about, okay, everything's going good, blah, 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 blah. And I said, what about, uh, when's, when's my meeting? You know, when am I meeting? Do, do they still have concerns about my ability to supervise? If they do, let's talk about it. Oh, well, I don't know. I haven't heard anything. I, I emailed them and blah, 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 blah. All right. And then another month goes by. Same deal. Hey, when's my meeting? If they've still got an issue, let's talk about it. And okay, I'll follow up. We'll try to figure it out. Another month goes by. So it's been three months since they've questioning my ability to supervise. And I said, okay, do we, do we still have a problem or do we not? Because if we don't, I'm going about my business. I'm going to quit asking about it. Well, no. Yeah, here, you can go meet with them. All right. So I go, they get the meeting set up. And I'm like, okay, if you're, you know, if you're really, if you really want to know, then let's, let me tell you, I'll tell you my side of the story. All right. Anyway, so I go in there with the head of HR. Of course, let me, let me preface this with this obviously threw them for a loop. All right. By saying, let's meet and talk about it. That right there, after saying, we question your ability to supervise, Riley. Why would they say something like that? Obviously, my, my conclusion is that they said that because it's worked before. Okay? Catch that. It's worked before. Something as simple as, we question your ability to supervise. And, you know, I can finish that thought, which is based off no evidence whatsoever. That's the truth there. So, uh, it obviously had shut down people before. And this threw them for a loop when I said, no, let's, let's talk about it. Let's get to the bottom of what your concerns are with me. Because if you've got concerns, I want to know. Other than a generality of, we question your ability to supervise. So anyway, I go and I meet with this head of HR. And I go in, exchange pleasantries. You know, I'm not trying to attack him. And I, hopefully, he's not trying to attack me. Anyway, we sit down. He's like, so what's the deal with this? What's the deal with the email, Riley? And I explained to him, hey, I'm a, I'm a Christian man. And now, bear in mind here, in the time leading up to this, I did seek legal counsel as far as just advice. You know, I met with some Christian representatives and said, uh, what's the deal here? What's, what's my stance? How far can I push things? Because I knew, I knew where this was headed. All right. I, I went against and I kicked the hornet's nest of the woke before. That was really even before woke was a big thing. I, I kicked the woke hornet's nest and uh, I knew I was going to get stung, right? I knew I was on that track anyway. So anyway, basically my legal counsel said, you, you, they cannot fire you right, over this. And would you, if you build a case for this, then... If they do fire you, then we can go somewhere. But you have to be prepared if to realize that you've got to take it to being fired in order to make this happen. And so I was like, oh, you know, it's a lot to think about, it's a lot of pressure. And I think that uh, I think they know that too. They know that people are probably going to back off before they lose their job and and just shut up and be silenced. But anyway, so I met with this head of HR, and he's saying, he's saying, okay, Riley, what's the deal? I gave him my my spiel. I said, uh, you know, this is. This is my, uh, I said, I'm a Christian man. Uh, my deeply held religious convictions, you know, forbid me from applauding and encouraging a sexual deviant lifestyle. 
You know, I have no problem supervising anybody. I said, I may have people in that community, whatever you want to call it, that sexual orientation that are on my team that I do supervise. I have no idea because guess what? I don't ask you who you've been sharing your bed with. I don't, you know, I could care less. I want to know if you can, if you can turn valves and do stuff that you're supposed to do in order to make gasoline and diesel, right? That's what I want to know. Can you do that? Then I want to help you do that because we're on a team together. Let's, that's our goal. Let's accomplish it. And uh, anyway, so he says, well, what, oh, what, I'm, he, this is what he told me. He said, I'm a Catholic, so, I mean, I understand where you're coming from. Um, but, you know, we, what you got to do, it's, a, it's, it's great for you to be a Christian, Riley. And this was his quote. But you can be a Christian all you want outside of the gate, but you need to leave that outside the gate. And once you come inside the gate, you have to be able to encourage and support these people to be who they want to be. Did you catch that? I have to leave my religious convictions, my Christianity outside the gate of the refinery. While these other people who have, you know, lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, whatever, whatever all the letters stand for. And the plus other people, I have to leave my Christianity outside the gate, my moral and religious convictions need to stay outside and I have to come in and I have to help them bring their moral and moral and quite frankly, their religious convictions inside. And I have to sit back and applaud and I have to encourage them to do that. Right? So, and actually he said, we need to help them be who they are, but I can't be who I am, but I have to help them be who they are. Right? So there is no, what well, that's the law of the excluded middle, right? In, in logic there. There is no middle ground there, especially when it comes to this, these sorts of issues. There is no middle ground. If you're not for um, the rainbow people, then you are against the rainbow and you hate them, right? When the reality is, you know, they've kind of taken that whole movement has kind of twisted the, the term love, right? Love is not affirmation it's not love is not affirmation when my daughter reaches for a hot stove i don't say good job girl you keep going you grab that hot stove no i say stop it right i have to and that's loving to do loving is wanting what's best for the other person right that's what that's what love is wanting what's best for somebody what's best for somebody's relationship with god that's what's best for everybody is to be as close to god as possible and to tell me to do anything otherwise is, quite frankly, just a sin. And, uh, I mean, it's, it, I don't know. It's, it's nuts. It really was nuts. And, but I told him, I said, look, I said, you're telling me to leave my Christianity outside here. You're asking me to do something that is impossible. I said, it's impossible. So I don't understand why you're asking me to do the impossible. And he goes, well, what do you mean? I said, I am a Christian, not I am. I'm, I'm a Christian outside of here, and then I'm somebody else here. I'm, I'm not. I'm a Christian 24-7. It's, I, I can't do it. Once, they, once you choose to, it's not, like, it's not like I say, all right, well, go ahead and get out of there, Holy Spirit. I'm at the gate. I got to go through the turnstile. I got to leave you out here at the curb. I'll pick you up when I leave. That's not how God works. That's not how Christianity works. That's not how the Holy Spirit works. So anyway, I was actually 
you know, we had more conversation there, and basically I said, look, I'm, I'm not understanding your side of things, and I'm not going to change, you know, unless you can give me better reasoning than this. All right, we went into the whole questioning my ability to supervise and all that stuff, and I explained to him why their view is wrong, right? And uh, actually my performance reports were right. So in any event, it was a pretty tumultuous time, and I left that going this this company is uh definitely you know not the right place to be it actually eventually led to my departure um i did not i one of the biggest things i regret is not fighting harder there right and what i mean by that is not like oh i'm on this side they're on that side no by by not staying there and going through it and waiting until i'm on the other side of the furnace right I, whether that be fired, whether that be causing more people to stand up, whatever. But the reality is, this is what was kind of crazy is that the, you know, the, the management there, once I, I did leave, um, and, uh, pursued other things and, you know, it's been, it's been a, a, a crazy time, uh, definitely a very, very, very difficult thing to do. It's still very difficult, probably more difficult now than it's ever been, actually, to have left uh, that career in pursuit of other things. But, uh, I mean, it is what it is. But in any event, yeah, I really regret not staying there and and uh, really pushing. and Not pushing, but just, you know, just saying, standing up for my convictions. That's one of my biggest regrets in life, honestly, is not pushing that harder and standing up bolder. And, uh, I mean, I stood up bold enough, but once I left, I guarantee you they threw a party there, the managers in HR and stuff, just because the problem was gone. Right now I had, I had hundreds, hundreds of other coworkers that said, man, Riley, we are right that we completely agree. We're right there with you. You know, it's all jacked up everything that they're trying to do and everything they're trying to shove down our throats. But, uh, you know, I mean, I just, I just don't want to lose my job. I, I mean, I don't, I'm not going to try to make waves. I'm just going to, I'm just going to put my head down, do my job, you know, and, uh, and try to just collect a paycheck, you know, and that's fine. I completely understand that mindset. I'd really do. I'm, I'm not bashing anybody, but the reality is if you want, if, if there would have been, you, you know, hundred people if there have been 50 people stand up and say this is jacked up we're, we're we're standing with riley or whatever i think they would have seen a resistance and they would have said well, well hold on guys hold, hold on let's 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 back off this thing a little bit you know but instead they saw me leaving as the problem solved and i still think they believe that because they've been pedal to the metal more hardcore on this whole thing since then so I say that all to say, guys, it's standing up is very difficult. Most of the time you're going to be standing alone. That's the reality of it. You're going to have, you're going to have people that support you um, quietly. What I mean by that is not publicly. Uh, you're going to have a lot of that. You're going to have people that do support you publicly, and that's great. But uh, you're going to have to be sure that you are rock solid. I wish I, wish I was more rock solid in my faith then than I or then than I was meaning like if I could 
take where I'm at now after going through more stuff and apply that back then, I think I could have, I, th- I think I would have made some different choices, but I mean, whatever it is, it's, it's the past is in the past, right? I'm moving forward. But one thing I want to encourage you with here, listen to this. This is what I always, man, whenever I'd go in and I knew it was going to be a stressful day or things were just not going my way, I would always pray this. And I encourage you guys to do the same thing. Psalm 91 two. Actually, we'll start with Psalm 91.1. It's whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I say of the Lord, my God, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. My refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Right? Even today, I'm reminded, man, you know, you look at, um, actually in our year-long Bible reading, we started Job. And man, it's every time I go through Job, I'm like, it could be worse, you know, talk about a bad day when you have all those people coming to you saying, well, you lost this, you lost your family, you lost all this, you lost it, you lost everything in the snap of the fingers between, between the time the sun come up and the time the sun went down, you were done, everything's gone, it could be worse, right, but uh, that's a big one there, like I said, I always draw strength and uh, comfort from that. Uh, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. So is is standing up the right thing to do? I had uh, I had a fellow brother in Christ here recently kind of, um, you know, send me a message and asking me a little bit about that saying, because I'd mentioned on the previous podcast about about um, asking me to be silent is asking me to do the impossible. And that's the truth, right? We have to speak the truth. Or else I'm lying to you. If I don't speak the truth, I'm lying to you. And I don't want to lie to you. I'm not supposed to do that. And I don't want to do that. So let's uh, let's look here in Romans. Romans 1. Let's start in uh, Romans 1 verse 18. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the good, godless and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Suppress the truth by their wicked. In other words, you have to, that's the opposite of truth. Since what may be known about God is plain to them, because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made. You see the evidence all around you. So that people are without excuse. There's no excuse for somebody to say, we want to change from a boy to a girl. We want to change from a girl to a boy. We want to have a marital relationship with someone of the same sex. It's, there's no excuse for that because they know that God exists and they're just actively trying to go against God. I mean, that's just real. Same way against somebody that says, I want to have a marital affair. Uh, I want to go murder somebody. That's going against God's design and God's order for you. Okay, that's, that's, that's just all it is. So for although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. But their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools. Everybody says, you Christians are just living in the dark ages. We're so much smarter now. We know so much more now. We don't want your little God up there that's waiting to smack us on the head like a game of whack-a-mole. We're, we're past that now, right? That's what they're saying. They claimed to be wise. They became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like a mortal human being and birds and animals and reptiles. Worshipping gender, worshipping the 
Gaia, Mother Earth, right? As we see both of those things really going full bore right now. Therefore, God gave them over. That's, that's probably one of the scariest verses in the Bible right there, guys. Therefore, God gave them over in the sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worship and served created things rather than the Creator who is forever praised. Amen. Because of this, God gave them over to their sinful lusts, shameful lusts. Even their women exchanged natural sexual relations for unnatural ones. That's called homosexuality. This is in the New Testament. This is not Leviticus. This is in the New Testament. In the same way, the men also abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lusts for one another. Men committed shameful acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty for their error. Mm, mm, mm. Furthermore, just as they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, so God gave them over to a depraved mind. The knowledge of God starts right here with the Word of God. Right? You need to have that. Be in the Word of God all the time. Um, so that they do what ought to be done. They have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, gossip, depravity. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They are gossips. Slanders, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, and boastful. They invent ways of doing evil, um, maybe like mutilating kids or killing kids. They disobey their parents. They have no understanding, no fidelity, no love, no love. Right? These people, no love. No mercy. Although they know God's righteous decree that those who do such things deserve death, they not only continue to do these very things, but also approve of those who practice them. And they require you to approve of them. You can't just sit silent, right? You can't sit silent. If you sit silent, they're going to say, you're not approving of me. Your silence is going against me. Your silence your, is basically disapproval, so you hate me. And so you're guilty of hate speech by not uttering a word. See the irony in that? But I, I don't know. I just I felt it. I felt called... I felt burdened to talk about this today and to bring this up and, uh, you know, talk about Romans there. And, you know, we need to be vigilant, guys. And this stuff, this stuff permeates, right? I'm actually, you know, doing, doing some things here. And, you know, I mean, it would be awesome to have this be like my full-time gig. I might, you know, I need to set up like a, give sin go page or something to be able to take donations and support and all that. I'm, I mean, this would be all, that would be like outstanding. It's probably not going to happen. Um, but I mean, who knows what God has in store, right? But in the event, uh, you know, I, I've been doing some stuff recently, meeting, talking with some people and it actually has gone. The thought enters my mind, right? This is not from God here. The thought enters my mind. Maybe I should calm down on my religious speech. Maybe I should not tell these people right out the gate that I'm a Christian. That's scary, guy. I mean, that's scary. That's me. That's me telling you this. that thought enters my mind. And I know it's not from God. So it's, it's from the evil one, right? That thought enters my mind because I've, I've seen what the, the way the culture is going and you will be shut down if you preach the word of God. You'll be shut down if you say that the rainbow flag is wrong right i took my daughter to the zoo today 
right? We went to her daycare right out front. Not a single American flag in sight. Not a single Oklahoma flag in sight. There's a zoo flag on a giant um, flagpole out front. And lining the front of the zoo was these weird... They got every color, right? And it's not just rainbow colors now. They got all sorts of weird triangles and stuff on these flags. But anyway, it's... I'm like, what in the world are we doing here, folks? It's just, We're worshiping this. It's jacked up. And everybody knows it's jacked up. But the people also, and they've made it very clear that if you speak up against it, you're going down. If you speak up against it, you're full of hate. You know, the, the name-calling thing. You know, you're a bigot. You're a homophobe. You're whatever. You know, even if, it's like, okay, you can call me whatever you want. I know it's not true. Right? It's not true. So... That really doesn't phase me a lot, although they will find ways to shut you up financially, shut you up career-wise, shut you up. There, I mean, there's a price to be paid, but the thing is, this is not the end of everything. There's eternity to think about. Focus on eternity. Um, focus on, you know, having God. Like I said, the Lord, God, and I will say of the Lord, my God. He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. My God in whom I trust. I don't trust in this world. I'm trusting in God. So anyway, I don't know if this has been encouraged. It's kind of, I guess, man, this message was kind of a downer. You know, I'm saying be bold and then look, man, it's, I mean, be prepared too. You need to have, need to have I, the other day I was at church and a, a brother in Christ, man, he's like, he's like, hey, he was talking to me about the podcast. He's a self-describes himself as a, a refugee from California, right? Pretty pretty cool, actually. Uh, his story and everything. But, uh, you know, he gave me some encouragement. He was like, hey, you know, keep up the podcast. Looking forward to the next one. You know, and here I'm like, oh, we were traveling last time. I didn't have enough time to get everything recorded. here I'm throwing this together, kind of a last-minute deal, where when I hit record on this, guys, I wasn't sure where it was going. I'll be honest with you there. But in any event, I hope it's been a blessing to you. I hope you take encouragement from it. Look, I'm still alive, even though I, you know, I stood up to the to the corporate structure and all that, whatever. You know, I'm still here, still alive, um, still got a family. Uh, looking forward to eternity. You know, the uh, the trumpet can't sound soon enough for me. I'm ready to I'm ready to be gone out of this place. But uh, but I'm also want to do want to make some moves while I'm here, right? So, you know, I've heard there's, there's a song that I like. It's, it says, make moves or make excuses. You know, what are you doing? If if you're not, if, if you know something's wrong and you sit there in silence, you're just making an excuse. I mean, that's the reality. That's the reality. And, uh, you know, as, as tough as it is, it's it, it can be really tough, guys. It can be, I'm not going to lie to you. It can be really tough. But uh, it's it's what we're called to do. We're called to say the truth, you know. And the enemy is convincing people to say things that aren't the truth and to go along with things that aren't the truth, just to go along with the flow, just to go with the flow. But I urge you to find your line in the sand and dig your heels in, all right? And know that there's going to be some pushback and it's not going to be easy, but I do encourage you to do it nonetheless. And until next time, I want you to go out there and be bold, live bold, and um, serve the Lord your God and, and, and be in that refuge 
and hold on to his strength. Until then, 